Hello, folks. Good evening. Welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. We're previewing our home game against Watford with Carlos, or Carl James, as he appears on my Zoom right now, a member of the <laughs> Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, uh, of which you can hear a preview of the game with me, um, which I think I've never felt more of a kindred spirit of a podcast, to be honest, because we are daft. <laughs> we, we, we are slightly insane at the Wizards of Drivel, and it's nice that there are other podcasts who on the face of it don't seem to go in for you know talking about xg and um you know in, intense tactical flavors but in, instead um have a guy go up a step ladder to preview a, or predict a game using backgammon so it it was a thoroughly enjoyable half an hour and i encourage you all to listen to that to the do not scratch your eyes podcast uh, so Carl, i believe you're um familiar with stoke on trent yeah, very much so. Um, Staffordshire is in my in my heart. Dare I say it? I, I lived up there for eight years um, in in Stafford, but I, I uh, ventured into. I worked in Stoke actually. I worked for um, I don't know what it's called now, but it, it's right by the ground. It was called Knights BMW, um, which is now the the big uh, BMW dealership on the A forty one. Yeah, just yeah. just there. So yeah, worked worked there for many years. Got to see a good few games uh, while I was up there at Stoke, and I, I was also a, was also a steward for a period of time as well, but in the away end, not not in the, uh, in, the in the Stoke end. So, yeah, very very close to my heart. So, um, looking forward. To, I'm I'm travelling up on on Saturday, so yeah, looking forward to uh, to going up and and seeing the place. Who were the worst fans you ever encountered as a steward in the away end? Right, this is interesting, and I was talking to someone about this the other day because. Two teams that have been promoted this season, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth. I was in the away end when they when they visited, and they were by far, by far the worst away fans that we had. Sheffield Wednesday, particularly. I don't know if you know him, um, the Tango Man. Lurks around, a good, big, massive guy. Doesn't wear a shirt, and just yeah, just obscene. But um, yeah, those, those two stick out really. Um, I think Birmingham City was always always a bit tasty. I do remember that one. But yeah, other than that, no, it was all good. It was all it was all um, it was all excellent. I um, I I even managed to uh, to go in. Uh, I think we were playing you. I think we beat you one nil. Hard Helgerson scored many years ago, and uh, I I came in in my steward stuff and changed inside. And got a free game. <laughs> <laughs> so th- so this would have been sort of uh, championship Pulis. Late two thousands era, yeah. possibly. Yeah, I I'm I was trying to think before I joined you. I'm pretty sure it was maybe a season or a couple of seasons before you guys got to the to the Premier League. Um, there wasn't much in it. I, I vaguely remember you having some mad Icelandic guy in charge before Pulis. Yeah, I was up there then, and, and I, I, his name escapes me. But um, I I then. You know, got got sort of involved with Stoke, if you want to say that, and then yeah, Pulis kind of um, went on his on his merry way, doing what Tony Pulis does best. Um, so yeah, no, it was good times, um, and and I, and I, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast. I actually love the Stokey guys. You know, the people up there it made me feel very welcome. It's, it's a, a real fond place for me. And we were talking on our podcast about you know food and and even breweries, the Titanic Brewery, and so forth. So. Yeah, loads of good memories. So really looking forward to being back up there. 
Yeah, it was it, it was refreshing to have uh, you know hear, heard a southern accent talk about Staffordshire oatcakes in a in a, a reverential oat way. Cakes. So, yeah, so that was that was lovely. So um, games on Saturday. You're you're going to be there, and I'm not, unfortunately. Um, but you've started the season pretty damn well. You haven't conceded a goal yet in the league, and you you're looking all right. Um, is this season going to be different from any other Watford season? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it's it's going to be as mad as it normally is. You know, three managers deep by Christmas, probably. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it, it certainly has a different feel about it in terms of the preparation and the players that we've brought in this season. I think we've, we've come about things in a very different way, both financially um, and... and you know the players that we we bring in. We've normally got about thirty four Udinese loanees in by now, and we haven't really seen any of those. So that's that's refreshing, at least. But yeah, I think we're in um, I think we're in a very similar situation to Stoke this season. You know, a lot of change um, in terms of recruitment. Maybe not the players that you necessarily would think we're going to come in or have heard of. Um, but uh, very very good start with our with our manager. Um, who had a torrid time at West Brom, and, and uh, you know I won't lie. When he was appointed, I thought, "Oh, here we go again." So we'll see him for about three or four games. But he's he's set us up really well. Got some, we're, we're playing some nice football, very much possession. We're we're a bit light in terms of recruitment. Still, I would have liked to have done a bit more business. But yeah, so far so good. Q, QPR four 0 at home. They they were dreadful. We weren't, um, and we we played a. A half decent Plymouth side who I think will be will be all right this season mid table. So yeah, we've 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 done well and uh, we lost to Stevenage on penalties in the League Cup. So uh, yeah, it's been all right for Watford so far. Yeah, you've got uh, Valerian Ishmael in, and who, who I, I I've always kind of rated. Uh, was it was it Barnsley? You did a you did a really good Barnsley really good job. Yeah, at. yeah. yeah. Um, just with. And know Watford is kind of synonymous and you know almost a, a figure of fun for for moving on managers so quickly. Would mm. you say you're kind of used to it by now, or or is it? Do you get frustrated sometimes with the churn of managers you have? I, I'm obviously there's there's ups and downs to it, and there's possibly even mm. times in the past it's worked for you, but. Yeah. Do do you get frustrated with the with the model you've got? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I I think I think it's very difficult for anyone in you know who's a a football fan in the UK to understand how our club works and how it operates because you know most of the time we don't understand how it operates and part of me thinks also the club doesn't. <laughs> it's just oh so and so is available. We'll bring them in next and yeah, it's it's not a good. Um, I guess the, the the best way to put you know I don't know what you do for outside outside of the podcasting but if you worked in a in a place and every three or four months your boss or the person that was above you was sort of oinked out and and moved on it builds a culture you know underlining in in the sense of well it doesn't really matter what I do in terms of performance or anything like that because you're going to be gone in x amount of you know weeks or months so. It, it's not been good. It's it's really unsettled the fan base. It's really split the fan base. End of last season was probably the worst I've ever seen it in terms of infighting and you know real negativity around the club. Um, and that hasn't that hasn't been helped, of course, of what's been going on the pitch. But 
But for Watford, it's I've been going since '89, um, and this last two three seasons have probably been some of the worst that I've experienced in in you know in my time of being a Watford fan. And that's saying something. You know, we've had some terrible managers, but I just um, I just hope now. And that's all I can do is hope that they've learnt their lessons and that they are trying to build something. I think the whole, um, you know, you, you touched on it there, the, the, the mockery. At the end of the day, um, our owners got Luton Town promoted, who are our nearest and de- dearest rivals by sacking, you know, our manager and obviously him, him going over to uh, to Luton and, and getting them promoted. So it, bonkers club really is and... You know, I can't, I can't really sit here and defend the way that we 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 deal with management because it's it's not for me, you know, honestly. Yeah, I was I was just about to mention here, Rob Edwards taking Luton up, and mm. I, I think I think a lot of people who were even slightly understanding of of the way things operate at Watford kind of drew the line at Rob Edwards. I, I, can't remember how few games it was, but it it wasn't many at all. And eleven, eleven games, yeah, yeah. And he he goes to your local rivals and gets them promoted. And um, that you you sense there's a bit of you maybe harsh term, but like karma at play there. And it's just like if you if you yeah treat managers like that, they, yeah. they'll they'll come back and bite you. And especially like you mentioned, you started supporting them early 90s and so you've got that's the time Graham Taylor's there and you know he's 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 built that club and uh, got that fantastic legacy there does that does that translate to the players as well because has it is it harder to form attachments to players as well not because not only do you have this manager churn you have a big squad churn as well like Mm. your, your players are gone one minute arrive one minute and gone the next yeah definitely you know even silly things like uh, making chants up for players or making chants up for managers different songs we don't really it sounds terrible but we don't really bother because they're not going to be around long enough Um, you know you get the odd one through through the season if they get past the first season yeah you know something could be will be done but yeah in terms of you know, trying to put your support behind players and trying to, you know, get that attachment to to the manager and his tactics or the, or how the players are. It's very difficult, you know. Mm. And it, it it's um, as I say, the last couple of seasons have been really tough. You know, to to be able to to have that connection. It's it's been very. Oh, excuse me. It's been very, um, you know, difficult to to go home and away. And I go home and away with Watford and you, you look at the fixtures uh, you know the end of last season I was looking at fixtures you know Sunderland away I was I'm not doing that God that's too far um, you know and that, it, it shouldn't be like that you know I think that a lot of people lost the appetite for it that connection for it and it yeah it just all kind of um, it's all come to a head but like, like, like we say we're quietly confident that we've got through to the Owners, we had a um, and, and our podcast was was really sort of front and center of that. We um, we managed to get to uh, a sit down in front of the owner to kind of demand to know what's going on, what's your plans, how does it work? Because he hasn't since he's been at the club, he hasn't spoken to media of any description in the UK. 
uh, no fans. So we were we were part of a group of people that that managed to do that and managed to get a lot of answers um, out of him. So that's something we're very proud of and and something that we hope now has, has sort of drawn a line in the sand and we can we can actually start to be a, a a normal club, whatever that is. But in terms of daily operation and transfers and and, and not binning managers off just for the sake of it, because we, you know, Rob Edwards, you touched on there. I think he he, he came um, from the the back end of that that season he took in I think we um sorry Billich we used Billich Billich's first game was away at Stoke um after Rob Edwards Rob Edwards left us in 11th position by the time Billich got sacked we were in 11th position huh. but there's no there's no there's no rhyme or reason why we why we were doing these things it's um yeah it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. and it is it is frustrating and I'm fed up with the jokes <laughs> yeah can imagine. Um, so you you mentioned you know, getting to talk to the owner and stuff. What, what would have been the most encouraging thing you you took from that? Um, I think uh, an understanding of how the recruitment policy works in terms of the dual ownership with um, with, with Udinese because it's it again it, it seems to from an outsider looking in get very close to the line in terms of what is legal and what what what's not um there's a player that we have this season uh bayo who, who's played every game this season so far who we bought from charleroi um a day after charleroi had signed him charleroi had signed him for 1.2 million um the following day we signed him for 4.8 million top of my head rough figures um didn't really make a lot of sense that and then it's only when you sort of start to look into it there's a a character called Mogi Bayat, who's a football agent that's linked to the Potsos, our owners. So there's all sorts of red flags in the background. And it, it the, the biggest refreshing thing was financially, we're not as bad as we looked on paper. Um, and also that relationship, how that works, I think is the, is the big thing. He made, he, he, the owner made no apology about how he treats managers. He didn't. He's, uh, his answer was that, it's him that sits in the training ground every day and watches. It's him that listens to players' feedback and has to make judgment calls and obviously has to look at the league table. So he makes those decisions based on, you know, a, a number of factors. Um, we, we've got a couple of other people that float around the training grounds. Um, you know, academy of football and you know, they've got all these bizarre titles. It, it, they feed back into into Gino Pozzo and he he makes the final call. He he was very much up front that it's him that makes the sacking. Scott Duxbury, our CEO, doesn't really have a lot to do with that. And it was really just to try and find out how the inner sanctum works because mm-hmm. none of us since the Pozzos have taken over had any idea. So well worth it, good. Um, but it's only as good as what happens next this season. Yeah, and sorry if this is a naive question. Do you think no, he's got he's got the best interest of the club at heart? It's a it's a very hard thing to measure sometimes, and sometimes mm. um, even our owners, the Coates family, from the outside, they look like the perfect owners. But there's been God knows how many times on this podcast we've we've questioned them and questioned their decision making. What yeah. is the general feel about Potso? Um, generally. He, he he's in uh, the 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 club is a a finance tool 
or mm. whatever. Um, you know, I, we're, we're very much a club that will t- uh, let's we'll use João Pedro as the perfect example. Buy these players fairly unknown in, in Brazil or, or Portugal. Now we've started tapping into get them into the club, get them playing, make a profit. Richarlison's another one. It's very much about trying to bring younger players in and, and, and turn a profit. Uh, feeder club, dare I say it. You know, a lot of our players um, have, have gone on to Udinese now. You know, Gerard De La Feu, Pereira, mm. you know, all the all these sort of players. So do I do I think he's got the club's best interests at heart? I, I don't know. It's not like we've, we're looking at Elton John where, you know, that was his baby. That was his, you know, a, t- a town that took him in at a time where homosexuality and so forth just wasn't wasn't part of the you know part of the culture um so yeah it, it's difficult um if I, i'll answer I'll, I'll say this if, if the owner left tomorrow i wouldn't be massively bothered by it okay yeah that that's that's really interesting because um yeah the football ownerships are really yeah, fraught area, and you get a lot of yes. uh, cl- uh, clubs who have local backers, and they seem all you know jolly good from the outside. And you have uh, situations where you've got a foreign owner who viewed with suspicion, but sometimes it works out well. And in a in a way, despite the differing, I don't know, perspectives on our ownerships, uh, ourselves and Watford have had very similar uh, sort of outcomes. We've both got to yeah. an FA Cup final, and relative you know a, a few seasons in the premier league uh via very different ownership models and um i can i kind of think football's about the kind of memories you you create and um that i i would rather have our our ownership than yours not to say our ownership is uh fantastic or anything but um yeah it, but it's 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 really it's really interesting um I, I I think that there's a general kind of um, dis, distrust around foreign owners that isn't always justified. But, w- but when they are sacking managers with the regularity that Watford is, or Watford have done, it it, it does become a bit <laughs> a, a bit tiresome. Um, and that yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm not even a Watford fan, and I'm like I'm like oh my 100%. god, these guys, and these it, guys. Then there's there's also the other stuff, you know. Look at the money we've made on some of these players: fifty million on Richarlison, thirty-five mm. million on Jao Pedro. The list goes on. I could real, I could probably reel a hundred million pounds worth of players off in terms of what we, the money that's that's come in. Where's that been reinvested? You know, we're we're, we're buying, um, you know, Healy from Toulouse, who was at MK Dons two seasons ago, as a as a as a as a striker. It's it's a different model, you know, and it's nothing against the lad. Um, I'm, you know, it's it's his big move. But when you look at the, the recruitment that's coming in, the questions for me are where where's this money gone? You know, where where's this reinvestment? Stadium's fantastic now. Stadium's a Premier League stadium. The training grounds, one of the best in the country. Um, brilliant, got all that. But in in terms of the team that we want to be, and and people will argue Watford's a small club. You know, championships are level. You know, I'd, I'd I'd agree in in a lot of sense, but when you've um, when you've had the money and the investment that we have, you kind of got to look on it. Well, where's it all gone? Where's where's the spends? That, and that's that's mm. still the unanswered questions for us at the moment. And I think that's the bit that probably brings that comment on for me in in the sense of if they went tomorrow, I, I wouldn't be too 
too fussed as as long as they don't leave us in crippling debt. Mm. Uh, one one player you did move on uh, and sold to us in 2021 was Ben Wilmot. Uh, only played 27 games yes. for you guys, but um, he seemed again. It seemed slightly odd that we got him when we did because. Um, I suppose if the money's there, you you take the money for him. But he was an under twenty one in England international, very highly rated. It seemed a bit of a coup for yeah. us at the time. Yeah, uh, an odd transfer. We 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 took Ben on. Um, he didn't really get a fair crack at the whip. Went to Swansea. Was amazing for Swansea. Uh, if you speak to any Swansea fans, they love him. He scored against Cardiff. That's probably the main reason. Um, and yeah, he, he he got he got the odd game, but when it He's um he just never really clicked in a, in a Watford shirt. There was never a game that I ever saw him in where I thought, you know, there, there's a player in there, and I just, I just don't know why. I just, I just don't think he really got a, a run of games. He had a few injury problems as well um, with his time, which I think he's um you know he's had a couple at yours as well. So mm. it's uh, it's a shame because I, I actually I do rate him. I've I've, um, I've I've got friends who are Stoke City supporters. You know, you speak very, very highly of him. So yeah, it's a shame. We've got a few players like that that we've brought in um, who are on the the cusp of of maybe you know being moved on. Hungbo, um, who was at Huddersfield on loan last season, you know, done very well to keep them up. We've under Neil Warnock started all pre-season. I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to actually see a bit of a bit of him now. Pacey winger, boom, gone. So, oh, okay, that's weird. And that's what I mean by the recruitment side of it. it, it it's very odd this season. <laughs> we're very, um, we're very threadbare. This squad. It'll be interesting to see what they do before, before the transfer window. Yeah. So looking ahead to Saturday then, and the uh, Watford team who are going to face us. Um, I suppose, I suppose a lot of our fans won't even know who your manager is, let, let alone know your your, your team. <laughs> but. Um, You'll know our goalkeeper, should... though, won't you? Danny Backman. Oh, Dan... well, Daniel Backman is a, a really odd one because I don't think he made a first-team appearance for us. I might be wrong on that. But, um, yeah, he was... We seem to do quite a good line in goalkeepers at Stoke because uh, Ben Foster was another one who didn't yeah, actually course. play against yeah. Stoke but was on our books. Um, but, yeah, Backman seems to have uh, forged a decent uh, career for himself. Um uh, who should we be looking out for from the Watford team then? Uh, there's there's a couple of players. I mean, uh, a, a real uh, a player for me who I, I still can't believe we've kept hold of is uh, Imran Loser, who came on against you guys uh, in Billich's first game, really changed the game. I think it was 0-0 before he came on. Did you win 4-0? Um, was that the game you four won? 4-0. Yeah. Yeah, 4-0. Yeah, so it's a heat. Yeah, bizarre game that was, yeah. He's a um, he, he's a player of of, of class. He, you know, he's too good for the for the championship. Um, so he he's one to watch. Um, I'm going. I really rate in terms of hard work and just a proper championship player. Ken Semmer, Swedish international, who who will be drawn on the left, might switch over to the right at some point. And then the last one would be a young kid called Aspria, who I don't know if he'll start, but there's a lot of talk in terms of uh, Real Madrid, um, Paris Saint-Germain and a few other players looking at him uh, as a future big name. Um, played a lot last season for us. 
was a, was a little bit undercooked in terms of physicality. But uh, I saw him a couple of times this season, once against Stevenage, and uh, yeah, he looks he, he looks a, a, a real prospect for us. So yeah, no no strikers because we haven't got any. Um, but all our goals will come from midfield, hopefully, if we get any, of course. Yeah, Espria, uh, 19 years old or with uh, two cups and goal for Colombia, which is a de- yeah. decent going. Uh, no relation to uh, Faustino. I actually think there is a slight relation in terms of... Fa- I, I could be wrong. I've talked to someone about this recently. But yeah, he's not brother or son or anything like that, no. But yeah. Okay. Hopefully he's less, um, I'd say, problematic off the pitch than uh, Faustino. <laughs> That's real, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, 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 yeah, every season at Watford will have three or four exciting players in that squad. Um, and, yeah, just the, na- the nature of the, the squad churn and things like that. Um, I've just seen today that Troy Deeney has joined uh, Forest Green Rovers. And Forest Green. Tro- mm. Tro- Troy Deeney kind of, he feels to me like the last, I don't know, the last Watford stalwart. That might be wrong. That I might, I might judge that completely wrong. No, no, the no, last you... long-term player you guys had. Yeah, no, no, no. He's um, he, he's a player that we, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch in terms of leadership and, and what he brought. Uh, player that we haven't been able to replace, simple as in terms of a number nine. We still, we, you know, we're, we're still looking. We bought him from Walsall for next to nothing, and let's be honest, he went on to be a club legend. Um, so yeah, uh, Troy's always got a, a a place at Watford in in terms of you know what he, what he did for the club and, and and so forth. Some of his off off the field antics could be could be questioned over times, but you know you can never accuse Troy of not being entertaining. Um, on or off the pitch, but yeah, no, I wish him luck. I, um, Forest Green's probably a good step for him in terms of trying to be uh, a coach or manager, whatever he, whatever he wants to look at. Um, there were there were rumours at the beginning of the season that he would he would come in as part of uh, the coaching staff here, which you know I wouldn't have had a massive problem with. But I think he's got to go and cut his teeth elsewhere. But yeah, huge huge legend for the club. Um, there's not really much else I can say about Troy Dini's either. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I asked uh, our Twitter followers, what do you associate with Watford? Three words for please. Uh, these are these are <laughs> generally these are generally all these are generally all right. To be fair, um, Harry Potter world, uh, heartwarming oh, nice. Graham Taylor, gifted Noel Williams. Um, that's a mid two thousands. Can I can I tell you a st- quick story about Gifton Noel Williams? Of course, you and can. it's Stoke it's Stoke related, if I may. So when I um when I first moved up to to Stafford, I was um doing landscape gardening, and we got a we got the plot not far from the Stoke ground. It's a, a new build, um just off Trentham, somewhere up there. Yeah, my my geography's not so good, but. I was uh, I was doing uh, the front lawns and planting trees. This was in the middle of November. Horrible day, peeing down with rain, cold. I knocked on this door, and Gifton or Williams answers. I'm like Gifton. Oh my god, I'm 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 a Watford fan. Like love you. Got talking to him. I said, look. I said to the guy I was working with, we've got to do a good job. This is a this is a kid that was at Watford. He was phenomenal. You know, could have had a massive 
massive, massive career. Watford, barring his injury, um, would do a great job. So we 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 done the lawn, put this tree in. So knocked on the door, said, so "Look, Gifton, we you know try really hard there." And he looked at this tree, and bearing in mind this is the middle of winter, and he said, um, "Yeah, it's great, but can you not put one in there with leaves?" Gifton, it's a it's middle of winter. They don't come with leaves. They. <laughs> It's the wrong time, and it broke my heart really because I had to explain to him how trees work <laughs> in terms of you know winter and so forth. So yeah, it broke my heart, but no, love Gifton, awesome, awesome guy. We've had him on the podcast actually. We've 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 had him on our podcast. Real 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 nice guy, top guy. Yeah, um, I always remember him as being quite an unlucky striker for Stoke. He scored, he scored maybe ten or eleven for a couple of seasons. You know, a decent return uh, for us. Yeah, uh, not the player he, he was he was for you guys, but him and Akinbai formed a, a a relatively competent partnership. Yeah. Uh, in our um, seasons in the Championship, uh, just a couple of questions before I, I let you go. Um, of course, you. Yeah, go for it. This, this is something I've always thought about, but never bothered to ask. You guys are the Glory Hornet boys because of the yellow and black and fine. Um, mm-hmm. Why is there a moose on the badge? <laughs> the moose, yeah. Well, this right. Okay, so I'll give you the the. Here's the official story. So, it, it, firstly, it's not a moose. It's uh, a heart, which is a small okay. Deer type As in creature. Heart yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. So what happened was, because it does look like a moose, uh, I forget what year it was, but basically they were say they they put a guy in charge. They said, look, we want this badge. We're the first club, professional football club in Hertfordshire, which ah, Hertfordshire okay. has the heart. Okay. So we're the first professional club in Hertfordshire. We want something that's, that represents us. It's got the heart for Hertfordshire. Uh, can you do it for us? Yeah, no problem. I can do it. The guy they employed to do it was Canadian. So he had no idea what heart <laughs> looked like. So they were talking to him, and this was this would have been God knows when. You know, communication would have been pretty hard, maybe by a letter for all I know. And essentially, they said, well, it's kind of like a small moose. And there it is. There's... um. There's a, a, a place at Vicarage Road uh, at the back of the rookery, which is like a, a, a private um, supporters club called the Bunker. And in the Bunker is the original um, figurine that the guy that designed the badge based it on. And it it looks like a moose. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's it's meant to be the Hertfordshire heart. Heart. But, we, but because we employed somebody that was Canadian, he turned it into a moose. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. That 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 is a that is a better answer than I could have possibly hoped for. Thought uh, <laughs> we employed someone who didn't know what the animal was. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yes. well, it's sort of like a moose. Yeah, okay, I can deal with that because I'm Canadian. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Right, okay. Final question. Um, on your on your podcast, um, you you kind of you were a little bit um restricted in terms of the uh predictions you could give um because everyone had to give a different prediction um hand on heart honest prediction for the game on saturday yes yes um i'm I, i'm not allowed to actually give one all on the podcast anymore because of it, it, there's a, a long story to that but i i've got a funny feeling it will be a draw i think both teams will score 
Um, Stoke have started really well. I know you had a, a poor result against uh, was it Ipswich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor result against Ipswich, but I, I, I think at home you're a different animal this season. Um, so I will go. I will go Stoke one, Watford one. I'll sit very much on the on the fence there and splinter myself. Yeah, different animal being the operative word now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. G- giving you a bad situation. Right, thank you so much, Carl, for uh, coming in, uh, joining us to pr- uh, preview the uh, game. Um, all the best to you guys for the rest of the season. Hopefully, you've got uh, some degree of. I, I don't. Do you just hope? Do you hope for normality, or is that just something you be, be might dream about? Be lovely. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be lovely. I'd love to just, yeah, just a bit of normality, you know. That'd be, that'd be great. Keep a manager for a season. That's a start. Yeah, that's all I'm after. Just a nice, quiet... The thing is, our podcast is constantly busy because we, we're always talking about new managers. I, I, we do so much recording. I'd just like to do it once a week. That'd be lovely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Carl. All the best to you. Top man. Thanks. Quite a few people tipping Stoke to go up. Laurent midway inside Rotherham's half, sprays the ball from left to right. First time shot, fantastic goal! Opening goal of the season, and it's Hoover! Into the penalty area it goes, Wilmot with a header, and that's been it goal! He's onside and that's the second goal! Is this the third good save from Janssen? Comes out to Vinny Here comes Johnson with the corner, left footed, drifts it in towards the near post. Wilmot's there! And at the far post, it's Jacob Brown! Jacob Brown with the fourth for Stoke. And there goes the full time whistle here at the Bet 365 Stadium. It's all three points for Stoke City, an emphatic win on opening day.